0: Are you feeling overwhelmed by the complexities of our culture right now? Are you struggling to align your faith with the rapidly changing world? Are your relationships struggling, whether they're with your spouse, your kids, your friends, or your colleagues, divisiveness, conflict, tension, it seems to be around every corner. You might be in a season of spiritual warfare. And that's what we're delving into on today's episode. Buckle up and get ready, because in this episode, we are going to work at equipping and aspiring us to stand firm in our faith, even as things are going crazy around us. Welcome to the Thought Vault, where we learn to unlock our minds to live with more purpose and bold intention. I'm your host, Emily Vermillion. Take a deep breath and let's get started. Welcome back to the Thought Vault, everyone. I'm excited to be with you this week. Listen, we've got to get into the biblical wisdom and practical strategies to strengthen our spiritual armor in the midst of our life's battles. We are going to talk about spiritual warfare. So let's begin by defining spiritual warfare. In Ephesians 6.12, it tells us, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. This passage highlights the unseen battle we face daily. In just a previous episode, I believe it was the episode protecting your peace, the power of protecting your peace. It might be two or three episodes back. Um, We delve into the armor of God and what that means and why protecting our peace is important and serious as believers. And this is Probably a good part two to that episode. So make sure to go back and listen to that because we dive into each piece of the armor uh, that's described in scripture. And the essence of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it is around us. Whether you're seeing it on the news, whether you're battling it in your own home, tension, divisiveness, conflict, it is all around us in all arenas. We are seeing mass protest in the name of jihad, in our streets and around the world, whether either side that you're on, there is just absolute vitriol and hate and violence coming out as a means of expressing the battle that's going on physically right now between Israel and Gaza, the Palestinians, Hamas. And so whether we're seeing it and consuming it from the exterior forces in our life or we're experiencing it internally. Spiritual warfare is real. C.S. Lewis in the Screwtape letter in the tape letters that you've got to go read that. Um, it illustrates this through a series of fictional letters from a senior demon to his nephew. It's a very profound reminder of the subtlety of spiritual attacks. Consider Christ's temptation in the wilderness, as described in Matthew's chapter four. Jesus's response to Satan's temptations. We're rooted in scripture, which provides us a blueprint for recognizing and resisting spiritual attacks. He was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was tempted in every way. And at every turn, he was able to shut Satan down because of the truth of God, the truth of scripture. And that is the power of God's word. That is the power that the Holy Spirit has that is dwelling inside each of us. And A lot of us live in a state where our guard is down, especially probably in the Western culture because we have a lot of privileges, we have a lot of opportunities, we have a lot of resources at our disposal, and it just lends us to have a different type of lifestyle that comes easy, comes naturally, however you want to say it. My eyes were very much open to this when I went on several mission trips to Haiti with our church. And just seeing the spirit of God there was so different than seeing it here. People truly were relying on bread from God each day. They had nothing. And it was up to God's provision that they were able to continue living each day. Their spirit, their faith in God was like nothing else I had ever experienced or seen in real life. It called in question my own faith And that was a faith journey walk that brings tears to my eyes every time I think about it. Because the faith of God is real. The power of God is real. When real faith is being believed and experienced daily, I feel that this is something we all must be aware of because like it said so many times we were we're here for such a time as this as believers there's been a lot of speculative talk between religious experts or you know the people that are influenced influencers I guess you could say in the faith-based world saying this is a judgment time and we don't know all the reasons of what's going on god is aware Only God knows the hour of everything and when it's going to happen and what it all looks like. And it's important for us to recognize that even just trying to put a label on this season that we're in or trying to come up with a plan of, you know, what's God thinking? What could he be doing? What is he showing us? The reality is each of us have our own relationship with God and our and our own journey. And if we get caught up in the cultural dynamics, we continue to miss the point. We need to be turning to Christ, each of us, and collectively as a church body. Spiritual attacks are real and it's all around us. It has been forever. It's not like Satan just got more powerful now or something. God is almighty and he is the most powerful, of course, but it's not like all of a sudden Satan just got more powerful. Now, what I will say is it seems like there is a further and further divide between the traditional way, the nuclear family being a priority to society and being a foundation in the way that we build out our communities, there is an assault on that directly. And a lot of it is the ideology. A lot of it is the separation from God. A lot of it is even graying out what we know to be truth with what feels better. You know, all these ideologies that we see even in the midst of this war going on. We have seen firsthand what these ideologues and PhD holders and all these people are are saying at what was considered top education in our country. I think it calls into question everything that's going on right now, because a lot of stuff is not taking place on people's merits. It's taking place on an ideology. Uh, decisions are being made and massive waves of momentum and communication is happening with an agenda. Satan is involved in all the things going on in this world, and we have to be aware of that. There are many contrary beliefs and situations that are bringing out into the open air the many differences in what we believe as people right now, even as generations. You can see generationally how people are living differently and what they're believing and what they're basing their beliefs on. It is astonishing even to talk to my sister, who is a believer in Christ, And her generation, they come out of college with like this totally different perspective on the world, just from when I was in college. I mean, there's only like a nine year difference between my sister and I, and I can even see the generational differences there. So it's happening at a rapid pace. I believe that probably is the part that people are trying to pinpoint on other things. But really, I think it's just the onset of internet and global information and the globalization of our world, the rapid ease with which information is passed. And so it makes it very critical now more than ever that truth and foundation of real belief is made solid. We have to be aware that there is a force working against us at all times. We can see that it's impacting the way people are living their lives and what they value. The very nature and biological truth of what gender is, for example, is a major hot topic. And has migrated into other arenas as well in conversation. Women and children are in the crosshairs right now of all these choices being made legally and just societally on what's acceptable and what's not. So how do we handle all this? The nuance of just tension and anger and divisiveness and conflict. It's the way that terrible seeds are sown that bear very divisive fruit. A lot of this has made a foothold because I, you know, I believe it's Satan's nature to confuse what truth is. Just like in the Garden of Eden, he confused Eve and and Adam on, is that really what God said? Did God really say you couldn't eat this fruit from the tree? So he calls into question things that have been truth to us. And it sows confusion. And right now, truth is relative, as we talked about in other episodes, which makes it very difficult to wade through your thought, because as much as we want to believe that we know the word, we know God, we know truth, it's so easy to start going back a little bit and saying, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's not so bad. I mean, what does it matter? You know, is that really impacting their salvation? So easy to start to talk to ourselves and talk ourselves out of things that we should be very profound with our stance on. And when we question and stress over the proliferation and dismantling of what we have all known for millennia, it grieves our hearts. It grieves our minds, gives us a different perspective of looking at people. It dehumanizes people. People are so easy to just let go of people and i think that's part of the culture right now we we are there's this push to dehumanize certain people certain aspects certain characteristics of people in order to have dominion and power and superiority over the situation. My answer to all of this is scripture. How else can we feel at peace and confident in the truths that we know? How can we navigate conversations apart from the truth we foundationally live by? Genesis one twenty seven tells us, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. This is a clear biblical standard for gender as an example. So it has nothing to do with us being accepting. It has nothing nothing to do with us having love for another person made in God's image because it says right there God created mankind in his own image but we also know the the brokenness the sin nature of people apart from Christ we have to stand on truth in order to be a light to them so they can come and be in communion with the Lord and know the fulfillment that he brings and he gives to their life not what they are chasing in the idolatry and ideology of our culture at the time, which is ever changing. It's never set in stone. Is science even science anymore? it's, It's been brought to our attention that they can pretty much skew any result they want just based on the type of statistics that they run. But there are truths, right? We know that the sun rises. We know that the sun sets. Like There's things that are undeniable. And it's crucial to approach these discussions with both truth and grace. In R.C. Sproul's book, The Holiness of God, Sproul emphasizes the need to uphold God's standards while recognizing our own fallibility. He encourages us to engage in these cultural conversations with humility, understanding that we are all in need of God's grace. It's a great book. You guys should check it out, The Holiness of God. Moreover, we can draw inspiration from Jesus's interactions in the Gospels. He always spoke truth, but his words were laced with love and understanding. He reached out to those who are marginalized and misunderstood, demonstrating that our approach should not be one of judgment, but of love and a desire to understand. And in practical terms, this means being well-informed, engaging in meaningful conversations, and most importantly, praying for wisdom and guidance. It's about standing firm in our faith while being a shining example of Christ's love in a world that desperately needs it. And taking this even down to our individual circumstances, you know, big picture talk, we can see that makes sense. But even in our most intimate relationships, like with our spouse or our children, being able to stand firm in what you believe and stand on truth is going to help combat the seeds of confusion and anger, resentment, bitterness, frustration that Satan is wants to sow in the midst of that communion. But that's how Satan works, like even in these little daily things. And that's what I was mentioning before when we were talking about C.S. Lewis, when he illustrates that there's subtlety in spiritual text. We It may not just be as clear as day, gender and anybody can do what they want and yada yada. I mean, to most people, especially believers, we see like, there's no logic to this. There is truth in science in this circumstance. There's two genders, right? And so those things, but people don't realize there can be a spiritual attack just in little stuff that become huge. Knowing truth is the best defense against the devil, Think about it. When Jesus was tempted for 40 days in the desert, he responded to temptation just solely with God's own words, and Satan had no power. Knowing truth is your savings grace. It will carry you through the confusion and delusion. When things seem like they make sense or should be because society has deemed it so, we can feel joy and clarity knowing that that's not right. And ultimately, that's going to lead to more hurt and pain. There's so many people in influential platforms and, and spaces that are intentionally towing the ground line and an effort to affirm everything. God loves everyone to be affirming in all things, but that's missing the mark by a long shot. We can never help someone see the power of God if we subvert the truth. Truth hills, not affirmation. And it's difficult when we want to manage our circumstances instead of battle them, but this is warfare. And we must recognize the true damage and destruction that it can create. Daily stress and burnout can often be the battlefield of spiritual warfare. Charles Spurgeon in his sermon, The Minister's Fainting Fit, discusses how spiritual vitality can be sapped by the cares of the world, making us susceptible to spiritual attacks. It kind of goes hand in hand with what C.S. Lewis said. The antidote in Psalm 119, 105, it declares your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Consistent engagement with scripture and prayer and intimate relationship with God provides us with the strength to face all challenges. And it keeps us yoked so that when things are coming at us and being presented to us, whether it's in an argument with someone, whether it's from the news, whether it's in just passionate discussion with a group of people, like we can see the forest for the trees. We can see where that line of truth is and speak that. We can be the light for ourselves, for others, and to keep us grounded in God's truth. There's always something vying for our attention, and it takes brute mental strength to keep our mind our time and our actions in check if we give ourselves over to the world and its problems we are distracted from the hold it has over our life we are subconsciously living most of our day with little thought to everything that we're doing most of our day like some people say upwards of 90 to 95% of our day is completely repetitive of the day before so this means that we allow the world and our routine to just dictate every action that we make for the most part it it really takes something abnormal, something to interrupt us, to get us to enacts a different reaction or a new thought pattern. Most of us have the same exact thoughts as we had the day before. So think about how over time, just changing a little word here or there, changing the meaning to this and that, getting mad over this little thing and letting it stew in our thoughts, it just becomes this rhetoric that we can't let go of, that we get stuck in. And it makes our mindset very negative. It makes the outflow of our heart very negative. It makes our actions very negative. And that's exactly how Satan gets involved in our life. Even in the day-to-day things. Living in fear, frustration, anger, and anxiousness can grab a hold of us, leaving us preoccupied from God's calling on our life, missing our point entirely, and foregoing the fulfillment that God does provide. It's a waste it makes our life more meaningless than meaningful. So ask yourself, what am I distracted by? What keeps my attention? What am I looking forward to most in my day? This helps us to see what our heart longings truly are. And the ultimate question, is that connected to God? Or uh, am I just letting Satan kill, steal, and destroy every good, fruitful, spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-guided action in my life? Like, What's that, what has the most pull on me right now? What are some practical methods for managing our mindset and thought life in the midst of spiritual warfare? Romans 12.2, the catalyst for this entire podcast. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This transformation is crucial in our spiritual battle. How do we achieve this? The key lies in consistently aligning our thoughts with God's word. Philippians 4.8 advises us to focus on whatever is true Noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And this is a great litmus test for the things that we hear. We should be able to discern if we are being intentional with our time with the Lord, being intentional with putting focus on knowing scripture for ourselves, not just going to church and hearing it from our pastor, not just reading it in a devotional that's not the actual Bible, reading scripture for ourselves, writing it on our hearts. When we are intentional about this, we are able to fill our minds with scripture positive, positive, affirmations from God and truth about our identity in Christ. And so when we hear things that are, it gives us that feeling like, that hit me wrong. There's a reason for that. When we see people struggling to find the thing that you know is found in God and will give them the peace that they need, you have a direct way of communicating that to them. When you're in an argument with a loved one and you're in a a rut, in a season of divisiveness, you have clarity to see what is causing this. We rebuke you, Satan. You will not have a foothold and cause anger and divisiveness in this house. Simply, Jesus is the answer. God's word is our lifeline. Dr. Caroline Leaf, I love her stuff. She is a Christian neuroscientist. She has many books. One of them is Switch on Your Brain, and it combines this cognitive neuroscience with scripture, showing how we can take control of our thought life. She really explains that by actively choosing our thoughts, like making a conscious effort to choose what we want to think right now, we can physically change our brain and align it more closely with the mind of Christ. Now, this takes such practice. Because like I mentioned already, our brain wants to do everything it can to conserve energy, avoid pain and seek pleasure. Those are the three like basic nuts and bolts of our brain. Those three things pretty much are semi just like controlling everything our brain is choosing conserve energy, avoid pain, seek pleasure. So instantaneously, we're going to have the same kind of thought about the person about the situation. Because we've been here before, we know how this goes. This is annoying. Why can't you understand? I've said this a thousand times, you're not getting it, right? All these types of conversations in our mind. But if we can practice intentionally grabbing that thought and doing away with it, switching it, speaking truth and love and light over it from God's scripture, from God's word, from a mind like Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. We can call on the Holy Spirit to help us. And we should, we should be aware of this because the outflow of our thoughts is our life. What you see around you, your external circumstances are related to your internal thoughts because your thoughts cause you to make choices and thoughts are wrapped up with feelings. So we have a feeling, we have a thought about that. We take action over it. So if you can practice grabbing a hold of your thoughts and thinking about, is this like Christ? Does this, is this working towards God? Or is this working away? Is this pulling away? away from God. Practically, it involves like the daily habits of scripture meditation. I have so many episodes talking about meditation, biblical meditation. I think it's even like the second episode I ever did on the Thought Vault. And if you go back to the earlier episodes, I would end each episode with a meditative prayer. So go back and listen to those. And there's even a link, I believe, in those earlier episodes, like episodes one, two, three, all those where I give you a link at the end or in the show notes where you can grab just like just the meditative prayer. There's a link to listen to just the meditative prayer part, but pr- meditative prayer is basically reflection. And when we are working with biblical meditation, I mean, God speaks to be- uh, meditation multiple, multiple times in the Bible. It's basically just focusing on God's word, focusing on God in the presence of God. It's just a deep prayer. And so we are, when we're doing this, we're It helps our brain to have a recognition of thought patterns and consciously replacing them with biblical truth. Because as you pray, and sometimes when you're in a long prayer, even your mind can wander then, or when your head is bowed at church and you're praying, you might start thinking about, oh, I forgot that one ingredient I need for lunch today. I'm going to have to stop and get that after church, right? So it's like your brain can easily get distracted. And so practicing these longer, very intentional prayers help us to have a better practice ability to capture those thoughts and do something about them. When we're feeling inadequate, for example, remind yourself of 2 Corinthians 35, which says, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. So having the scripture on our heart is just life and its armor. Lastly, don't underestimate the power of praise and worship. Turn on that gospel music in the morning. Engage in worship. Lay your problems at the feet of God. Weep. Kneel down. Call out his name. Worshiping God helps to realign our thoughts and emotions. Get right with God. Have that peace and joy. You know those songs that just touch you and you listen to them a thousand times? Spiritual warfare is... It can be an offhanded remark that your husband made to you going outside out the door in the morning, or y'all gotten a tiff, you brew through the day, then it turns into a few days and it turns into a week. And then it turns into weeks that you're just like so angry. And there's all this tension in the house. These are the small little things that can happen that can build up. And as a culture, we're seeing it on a huge scale right now. We're seeing it play out so much. And we are called to be strong in our faith. And being strong in our faith means we have to know the truth. We don't get to make excuses for God. We don't and shouldn't. Never water down what God's truth is. Because if we water it down, you're not giving people the truth. You're not really loving them. Because the truth from God is love, even if it convicts someone. Isn't that what needs to take place to turn from your sin, to turn from anger and hurt and loneliness, to be able to turn toward God? The truth is what's going to change people. And if you don't know the truth, how are you going to handle the battle that's going to come your way? Because it will every day. Satan would love nothing more than to turn believers against the Lord. The people that already don't know God, you know, that's, that's easy for him. That's like going to a buffet, but people that call on the name of God, who claim God, he really wants you. And so you have to be aware and see it for what it is and be strong in your faith. And it doesn't mean you have to be a theologian or an apologist and know everything about your Bible, but get in the word you've. You should know it. You shouldn't rely on your pastor's sermon each Sunday to tell you what is in the Bible. You've got to know it for yourself. You have got to have a prayer life and have a relationship with God. So as we conclude, I want to just encourage you to reflect on this and how can you apply all these things to your daily life? How are you going to work towards arming yourself against spiritual warfare? And just know that you're not alone in this fight. We're all going through it. And it's a struggle that believers are going to face until we are called home. I want to leave you with those thoughts and thinking about the reality of it and that it is here. It's it's in big picture moments that we see playing out in the news and on social media. We have to be in the fight because by being silent, by being passive, by being affirming, We're not in the fight. We're dwindling down with them. We have to be bold. It's going to be uncomfortable. We have to be strong. It's going to make us tired. We're going to be on point each and every day. So think about what can you do to manage that and manage your mindset. As a life coach, it's my ultimate goal to help people figure out how to manage their mind because managing their mind is what helps them enact in order to live out the life that God is calling them to live. And my approach is a bit different because I am a Christian life coach. So getting your mind right is getting your heart right and getting your heart right is all about Christ and hearing from him and knowing him and understanding who he is. We can realize who Satan is. We have to remember this is a daily battle, but what matters is right now, the present? How are we going to manage the fight that we're in? Praise glory to God the whole way through and rely on his truth to carry us. Make sure you are in our private Facebook group community. at the Bold Insiders. You can get the link to that in the show notes. Make sure that you are subscribed to the show and please leave a review because it really helps share the podcast. If you haven't already, check out the Calibrate Your Compass This is a self-paced course. It's just designed to help you establish a nourishing daily routine so that you can create more margin in your day and pursue your God calling. It's a life coaching tool that I made that you can just have in your back pocket. So check that out. Link in the show notes called Calibrate Compass. And until next time, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Go live with bold, faithful intention, everyone. Bye for now.